This is the Less Doing Podcast with your host, Ari Mysel. Learn how to optimize, automate, and outsource and be more effective at everything. I just finished at the first New York City Lifehack meetup group where we did a fireside chat, which I found to be really fun. I just, uh, Sam Heisel was the host, and we sat kind of uh, inside the actor's studio style, and he asked me questions about productivity, and we had a really interesting discussion. It was held at the alley which is the largest co-working space in the city. It's about 16,000 square feet, and a lot of tech people. So I, I like talking to tech audiences because they ask some really cool questions, and they, ha- you know, they tend to know about a lot of the software that I recommend and the apps that I recommend. But, of course, they don't know the methods, which is why it's so much fun. I've been using BrainTurk almost every night. Uh, BrainTurk is similar to Lumosity, but it's free, and it's several brain training games that work on the concept of neuroplasticity where you do memory games or spatial awareness games or uh, sort of shifting games, and it allows you to improve your mind skills. And one of the ones that I really like is this one that's a word game where it'll give you the first two or three letters, and then you have to type in as many words as you can that start with those letters. So it might be... ENT, and then you could put entrance or enter or entice. Uh, it's really kind of fascinating actually to see how your vocabulary kind of moves with you over time. So I've been steadily improving with that. And it was a long road for me to be able to read books for enjoyment. Uh, I just never had the attention span, honestly, and I always felt bad about it. But now I'm I'm better at it and I read on my Kindle and realize that even if I can get through a couple pages uh, before I fall asleep, that's that's fine, that's something. And I really do think that that has helped improve my vocabulary, which which is important because when I give talks or, you know, conversing with people, uh, vocabulary is one of those things that sort of can make you sound very pretentious or can make you sound like you know what you're talking about. So it's definitely something worth building upon. Today, uh, the interview is with Steve McGuigan from Remy, which is a, a mask that was a Kickstarter project. It's an eye mask that you wear and it allows you to do lucid dreaming. Now, I thought before the interview that lucid dreaming was just for fun, but you'll see that in the interview that it is definitely for a lot more beyond fun and a lot of less doing concepts. So I hope you enjoy. Thanks. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Today we're talking with Steve McWiggin from Remy. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for uh, for taking the time to talk to me. Um, so first of all, tell everybody what Remy is. Uh, well, Remy is a, a lucid dreaming mask. Uh, you know, and maybe not everybody is familiar with lucid dreaming, but uh, it's kind of it's the ability to recognize when you're dreaming and, and through that recognition, uh, you know, begin to control what's actually happening in the dream. So uh, 
you know, Remy is a mask that we made kind of modeled on some some previous masks, uh, you know, that can – it gives you these recognizable and customizable light patterns that you can actually see through your eyelids while you're dreaming. Uh, now, they did some research in the 80s at Stanford that kind of proved that this is possible, that you can, you know, receive visual stimuli in your dreams, uh, you know, using lights. So it was kind of based on an, on an old design you know, that was sort of extremely overpriced and uh, is no longer on the market anyway. So we kind of took that concept and tried to bring it, uh, you know, bring it down in price and make it more available and, uh, you know, more accessible, you know, to the uh, average person. Okay, so now how does it know when you're dreaming? It doesn't actually do any sort of REM detection simply because, you know, our tests with that, you know, it, the uh, original version of the mask used this sort of infrared beam fired into your eyeball to try and guess when you were actually in REM sleep. Now, our tests with that same technology found that, you know, it was it was sort of firing whether, you know, when you were moving your head <laughs> or moving around even, whether or not your, you know, eyelid was moving or, or not. So we kind of found that, you know, it was sort of a feature that was not, exactly as well developed as maybe it has been made out to be on, on similar type products. So we figured instead of uh, instead of uh, including something like that that, you know, maybe wasn't as uh, effective as, as it was made out to be, we'd rather just uh, concentrate on, on making the mask customizable in the sense that, you know, you can fix timers uh, and, uh, you know, mess with the brightness and patterns to make your pattern as uh, customizable as possible and try and get you when you're in your longest REM phases towards the end of the night. Okay, so then the concept is that, you know, it flashes these lights, and I guess you're supposed to sort of recognize those light patterns while you're dreaming, and that, that tells you that you're dreaming. But then how do you actually take control and start to do things with that? Well, that you know, that generally comes with practice. Um, you know, the first couple times, you know, any novice lucid dreamer will tell you that, uh, you know, the first couple times, you actually have a lucid dream, you're generally just going to get so excited that you wake up. Um, but that's, you know, as you learn to calm down and uh, and recognize that you're dreaming without waking up, uh, you know, you can slowly start to take more and more control over what's actually happening in the dream. Um, you know, people who have been dreaming for, or lucid dreaming for years and years, you know, they're, you know, there are reports of just having complete and total control over the entire environment, and that's, you know, creating entire scenes, uh, you know, long drawn out extended lucid dreams where they have 100% control over the environment, over the characters, over all of that. And obviously that's an advanced concept, but you know, it's something to work towards. Okay, so now beyond the obvious question of, you know, like is it just for fun or what what are, the, are there any benefits to uh lucid dreaming? Well, sure. Uh you know, I think you know, it's interesting to me that you know, lucid dreaming sort of uh mirrors real life in that, you know, the only limit is your own, you know, motivations and your own uh, aspirations. Uh, you know, people can fly around, sure, which is, is fun and even exhilarating enough. <laughs> I've done plenty of flying uh, in lucid dreaming, in lucid dreams myself. Uh, but you can also use it, you know, really to, you know, tackle real-world problems um, or even, you know, tap into creativity. Um, there's a lot of uh, you know, hearsay stories, at least, of, of people like, for instance, Paul McCartney is, is famous for having written, 
you know, the melodies to some of his more famous songs, While in a Dream. Um, Mary Shelley, you know, get the main plot points for Frankenstein came to her in a dream. So, you know, there's an argument to be made that, you know, you can tap into possible, you know, creative, creative sources in your brain that maybe you wouldn't be able to get at in waking life. Um, maybe more applicable to the regular person, uh, I've used lucid dreaming to sort of overcome a fear of public speaking, which, you know, I was, even the idea of being on a, <laughs> a phone interview like this uh, a few years ago would have been terrifying to me. Um, but as I, you know, as I developed myself as a lucid dreamer, I started bringing myself into situations where I was speaking in public, you know, smaller, you know, larger and larger crowds as it went on uh, to become more and more comfortable. And of course, you know, I knew that it wasn't real, but it just, you know, it, it helped me deal. Uh, you said you knew that it wasn't real, but what? Uh, I said, you know that it, that it wasn't real, but uh, it helped me deal, you know, with some of the stresses that might accompany situations like that simply through practice. You know, you, it's sort of like a dry run of a public speaking situation. So that, that's really fascinating. And actually, that, that, that sort of touches on aspects of meditation where people have you know, healed their bodies or strengthened the muscles just by thinking about it. So I guess it could have that kind of application as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think the body, you know, for people who are anxious in situations like that, the body has natural responses that, you know, uh, the more and more you encounter situations like that, you, you learn to deal with those responses. So, like, if you're only if you have a fear of public speaking and you're only doing one or two speaking engagements every year or something like that, it's it's very difficult to get over, you know, a fear like that when you're not doing it enough. So, I mean, if you're doing it three or four times a week in a dream, you're learning to, you know, you're learning to face the, the fear and anxiety that accompanies it. Well, I mean, so, I mean, I mean, the obvious benefit that comes to mind here is, you know, everybody always wants to get more hours in the day. So if you're if you're able to actually work on things and maybe even create muscle memory or, uh, you know, work through complex problem sets that you looked at before you went to bed, then you're you know you're getting you know potentially those eight extra hours a day, or you know, not not really, but I guess in dreams, time goes sure. a lot faster. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, there's conflicting reports on whether time goes faster or slower. You know, I think it's I personally think it's different for every dreamer and different for every dream. Um, as far as muscle memory goes, uh, and, and, and as well as, uh, you know, attacking real-world problems, I think lucid dreaming is good for some types of problems, uh, you know, interpersonal problems or maybe even, you know, problems that would require extremely outside-of-the-box solutions. Uh, as far as logical or mathematical problems, you know, I don't necessarily think that lucid dreaming is, is a good application for that simply because it's hard, even in a very lucid dream, it's hard to keep track of, you know, figures and, uh, you know, just anything that's extremely linear like that. It, it can be hard to keep track of in a dream. Sure. Now, are there, I mean, I guess there's probably not enough studies of those kind of thing, but is there any risk, like, if you do, like, if you commit a crime, you know, and like, the, and that affects you in a negative way, like, could that have lasting impact? <laughs> that's a, you know, that's an interesting, you know, more like a metaphysical quandary. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've never, 
do you mean like psycho possible psychological damage from well yeah I, yeah i mean you know it, it's like a, it's i guess it's like a question of like ptsd in a way like if you ha if you accidentally create some traumatic event that you're not ready for but you're able to do it in the dream you know but i mean i, I guess that really depends on your resilience yeah and also you know uh, i think that you know nightmares i don't know about you but uh i've had some pretty crazy ones like like extreme things that if I had experienced them in real life would absolutely have caused, you know, no end of trauma. Uh, I think the only only difference between that and, and a lucid dream is uh, that you know that it's not real, so it's probably less likely to cause psychological damage than a you know than a regular dream where you know as far as your sleeping mind knows it's actually happening to you. Yeah. Okay. That's that's really interesting. Um, so now, what led you to to create this? Is it like a personal, you know, interest, or is, do you have a background in this kind of thing? Well, it's funny. Um, you know, my partner Duncan uh, and I, you know, we've been friends since high school, uh, and we moved up to the city, to New York City, around the same time. And uh, you know, we've been messing around with electronics and uh, you know, with programming and that sort of thing for a couple of years, just trying to find. We've just been interested in. in you know, bringing a product to market. And uh, over, you know, a beer a couple of years ago, it just happened to come up in conversation that lucid dreaming is something that we've both been interested in since we were young and uh, had no idea, even though we've known each other for so long. It was sort of this, you know, serendipitous moment where we realized that we both had this, you know, a, a very strong interest in this kind of esoteric subject. And at the same time, it was something where there weren't a whole lot of, you know, consumer products available for other people like us. So it was sort of this perfect marriage of, oh, we have this interest, uh, the market has this need, and we have this desire, and we have this know-how to, to bring a product to market. So it was, it was sort of we made the product that we wanted because um, it didn't exist. Yeah, and those are usually the best stories anyway. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in it for myself, but I'm the kind of person who has, like, one dream a year that they remember. Um, what is, like, would it work on me or could it not work? I'm sorry, did you say you don't remember very many of your dreams? I Like, one a year I remember. Oh, wow, that's terrible. Um, just because I enjoy dreaming so much, the idea of not being able to remember as many, uh, it would be, <laughs> I, w I wouldn't enjoy that. Um I think what people typically find is that they can increase their dream call, recall quite a bit simply by writing down as much detail about the dreams they do remember. You know, I don't know if you, when you say you only remember one dream a year, I don't know if that means, do you ever wake up, you know, early in the morning and feel a dream sort of slipping away and then five minutes later you don't remember any of it? Um, a lot of yeah, people, I think that's the case, actually, for me. Ah, uh, well, there you go. Um, that's a perfect time to just grab a pen and paper or even grab a smartphone, you know, with a voice recording app and just start going full stream of consciousness, remembering whatever small details you can. And even if it's only two or three sentences at first, um, you, it's, the, it's step one in, in becoming a lucid dreamer or even step one in just recalling your dreams better is to, you know, commit to memory the things that actually happen to you in your dreams. Um, so they say, and, and we agree, that uh, any journey 
towards lucid dreaming begins with improving dream recall. And in the journey towards improving dream recall begins with, you know, journaling your dreams, writing them down or committing them, you know, to a voice note or, or whatever. So that's, you know, a perfect gotcha. place to start gotcha. somebody like you. So now one of the things that I always like to ask everybody on these interviews is, what are your top three personal productivity tips? And obviously one of them could be lucid dreaming, but what, what do you think are the top three things that kind of keep you motivated and effective? Um, well, you know, I actually found that, you know, I'm a bit more of a creative type, so uh, keeping track of things hasn't always been my strongest point. Um, luckily, now that we have smartphones, um, you know, I found that, you know, apps like Astrid, for instance, which is a free task app that gives you, you know, reminders and you can collaborate with partners and that sort of thing has been a great boon uh, to both me and my partner uh, just in terms of getting, you know, to-do lists sorted in a sense that, you know, you can assign tasks to each, you know, to each other. Uh, you can set, you know, to-do lists for that day and sort of order them in, in the order of importance and, you know, bump the ones that didn't get done to the next day and that sort of thing. So you always have just sort of this running tally of points that you need to address for the day. Um, and that has helped me a lot because, you know, I, I have a tendency to just take on, you know, as much as I can. And, and sometimes if I'm not taking, if I'm not keeping good track, I can, I can just lose a whole, I'll just forget. Uh, so, you know, using something like a, a smartphone app or even, you know, Siri on the iPhone, uh, you know, with the Apple reminder system, things like that can just, just it's just nice to have this system, you know, hovering around you that, that helps you, uh, you know, not just organize, but prioritize everything that's going on. Well, those are great. I mean, those are, those are perfectly, uh, you know, diverse and useful tips, so thank you for that. Uh, so uh, thank you so much for telling us about Remy, and uh, Steve has been gracious enough to offer all of the listeners a discount. Uh, and that code for that is less doing. And what, what's the URL for them to, to try out uh, their that's first step in lucid dreaming? Uh, it's www.sleepwithremy. Uh, that's R-E-M-E-E dot com. Great. Well, Steve, thank you again. And uh, I hope to be uh, controlling my dreams soon. <laughs> I hope you are too. And uh, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Ari.